Ashley Brock reading Nora Roberts' book, Finding the Dream, Chapter 4. Pretty good digs, right, boy? Michael groomed Max, his pride and joy was enormous. Buff-collared Tennessee Walker snorted in agreement. The Templeton horse palace was a far cry from the simple working stables that Michael had built in the hills then watched collapse under walls of mud not that it had looked much like a palace when he stepped inside the first afternoon when he ran into Laura then aboard more than a slight resemblance to some fairy tale cottage long under a wicked spell deserted by all who had once inhabited it he had a grin at the thought and that and at the fact that everything about the Templeton estate made him think of a fairy tales with golden edges. What he found in the stables was dust, disuse, and disrepair. It had taken him the best part of a week to ready the building. No easy task for one man in a single pair of hands, but he was willing to move his horses in until their temporary home had been cleaned and organized to his specifications. On the other hand, for that week he'd had to endure the public stables, the painfully high fee for boarding, and the fact that his own lodgings were miles away from his stock. But the results were well worth the investment of a few 16-hour muscle-aching days. It was good, solid building with the stylus touches that the Templetons were known for. The loose boxes had plenty of space and light and air, a more important feature to Michael than the incredibly laid brick flooring, the decorative tiles around the mangers, or the ornate ironwork above them with its certain styles of tea and polished brass. Though he did consider the fancy work a nice touch, the layout was practical with the tack room at one end of the block, the feed room at the other. Though he was baffled by the obvious neglect and disuse, he put his back into it and dug into dug in to correct the situation. He hauled and hammered, swept and scrubbed until every stall met his stringent standards for his babies. Babies! He thought of them as such secretly. He'd had fresh hay and stray straw delivered that morning and had been grateful that the boy who delivered it had been willing to make a few extra dollars by helping Michael store the bales. Now each doll was deeply bedded with wheat straw, expensive and difficult to come by, but these were his babies, after all. Some tools and some ingenuity had put the automatic drinking bowls back in working order. He old hinges on stall doors, replaced hooks that had rusted away. Since he lost all of his supplies in the mud, he had to restock grain, electrolytes, vitamins, medicines. He'd managed to savage some tack, some tools. Every piece had been cleaned and polished, and what couldn't be saved had been or would shortly be replaced. His fifteen horses were housed as royalty as he could manage, but as yet he hadn't done more than sleep in the upstairs apartment. <laughs> You've come up in the world, Max. You might not know it, but you are now a tenant of the Templeton Estate. That is one big fucking deal, pal. Take my word for it. He slapped the horse affectionately on the flank, pulled a carrot out of the pouch, tied at his waist. I've already started designing your new place. Don't worry. Maybe we'll add a few of the fancier touches ourselves this time around. But in the meantime, you can't do much better than this. Max took the carrot politely in the dark eye. He turned to Michael, was filled with patience, wisdom, and Michael linked like to think affection as well. He stepped out of the stall, latched the bottom half of the door with his foot bolt, then moved down the block floor. Might have been fancy enough for a garden party, but it slooped perfectly. His booted heels clicked. He appreciated a chestnut head poked over the adjoining stall. Looking for me, baby. 
This was his sweetheart, as kind a gentle a mare as he had ever worked with. He brought her as a fowl, and now she was heavily pregnant and had been assigned to the fowling stall. He called her darling. How's it going today? You're going to be happy here. He stepped inside, ran his hands over her enormous sides, like an expecting father. He was filled with anticipation and concern. She was small, barely fourteen hands, and he worried about how she would fare when her time came. Darlin liked to have her belly rubbed, and she blew appreciatively with Michael Butter. So beautiful. He cupped her face in the sand as a man might hold the face of a cherished woman. You're the most beautiful thing I've ever owned. Pleased with the intention, she blew again, then lowered her head to nibble at his pouch. Chuckling, he took out an apple. She preferred them to carrots. Here you go, darling. You're eating for two. He heard the voices, young, excited, almost piping, and stepped down. So, Mama said, we're not supposed to bother him. We're not going to bother him. Well, just look. Come on, Kayla. Don't you want to see the horses? Yeah, but what if he's there? What if he yells at us? <laughs> Then we'll just run away, but we'll get to see the horses first. Amused, wondered if Laura had painted him as an ogre or a recluse. Michael stepped out of the shadows of the stables and into the sunlight. If he'd been a poetic man, he would have said he'd encouraged. He encountered two angels. <laughs> they thought they were looking into the face of the devil himself. He was all black. Bone black, with shadows behind him, the horrid handsome face was unsmiling and dark with stubble. His hair reached almost to his shoulders, and he had a black bandana tied around his forehead, like a wild Indian or a pirate. He seemed big, huge, dangerous, her heart jittering. Allie put a hand on Kayla's shoulder. Both to protect your sister and save yourself. We live here, she said. We can be here. He couldn't resist playing it out a little. Is that so? Well, I live here, and I don't look kindly on trespassers. You wouldn't be a horse thieves, would you? We have to hang horse thieves. She ought to pull, terrified. Allie could only shake her head vigorously. But Kayla stepped forward fascinated. You have pretty eyes, she said, dimpling into a smile. Are you really a troublemaking hoodlum? And he said so. Ah. <laughs> oh. All Allie could do was whisper her sister's name in mortification and fear. <laughs> and he thought Anna Sullivan. So in his youthful reputation ahead of him. I used to be. I gave it up. Christ, the kid was a picture. He thought a heart melter. Your name's Kayla, and you have your mother's eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's Allie. She's ten. I'm seven and a half, and I lost a tooth. She couldn't wildly show him the accomplishment. Cool. Have you looked for it? She giggled. No, the tooth fairy has it. She took it up into the sky to make a star out of it. Do you have all your teeth? Last time I checked. You're Mr. Fury. Mama says we have to call you that. I like your name. It's like a storybook person, a villain. Maybe. She twinkled at him. Can we see your horses, Mr. Fury? We won't steal them or hurt them or anything. I think they'd like to see you. He offered a hand, which Kayla took without hesitation. Come on, Allie, he said casually. I won't yell at you unless you deserve it. Biting her lip, Allie followed him into the south. Oh. She jumped back and giggled at herself when Max stuck his huge head over the stall door. He's so big. He's so pretty. She started to reach out and stuck her hand behind her back. You can pet him, Michael told her. The older girl was a little shy. He decided pretty as a picture in a book. He doesn't bite unless you deserve it. To demonstrate, he held Kayla up on his hip. Go ahead. Me, Max. He's a southern gentleman. Our uncle is a southern gentleman, Kayla announced, but he doesn't look like Max. Deli delighted, she shook the soft, smooth, she muttered, hello, Max, hello. Not one to be outmatched by her kid sister, Ellie stepped forward again and touched Max's cheek. Does he let you ride him? <laughs> yep, 
Max and I fought wild Indians together, being wild Indians together, robbed store, stage horses, jumped red vines, looking down at two pairs of white eyes, and Max is a Hollywood star. Really? Enchanted Kayla touched one velvet ear, giggling when it flicked down her fingers. Really? I'll show you his press clippings later. Come me, darling. She's gonna have a baby soon. And Margot just had one. Kayla chattered gamely as they made the new acquaintance. His name is John Thomas, but we call him JT. Do horses have babies the same way people have them? Pretty much. Michael murmured and skirted the issue by distracting the girls with the mare. They met Jack, the delicate gliding, and Lulu, a frisky mare, then Zip, the fastest horse, so Michael claimed in the West. Why do you ha why do you have so many? Suspicious of the man couldn't hold out against the light with horses. With shyness outmatched by curiosity, Allie dodged Michael's every move and prepared him with questions. I train them, I buy them, sell them. Sell them? The very idea of Kayla's lip poking out. Poke it out. All but Max and Darlin. I won't sell them ever. But the others will go to people who appreciate their talents and take good care of them. They will have a destiny. Now, Jack here. He's going to make somebody a good saddle horse. He'll ride forever if you ask him. In Flash, he'll be hell of a stump pony when I'm finished with him. You mean he'll do tricks? Yeah. Michael Grinkill, he's already got a few up his sleeve. But Max, no Max, knows them all. Want to show? Really, can we? It'll cost you. How much, Caleb? But I have money in my bank. No money. Michael says he led to Max. If you'd like the show, you would come back and work it off. What kind of work? Allie wanted to know. We'll talk about it. Come on, Max. Michael took a bridle and slipped it over. You've got a couple of ladies to impress here. At five, Max was a veteran performer. He high-stepped it outside, pleased to have an audience. Michael led him to the small paddock beside the building. You girls stay at the fence there. This could be... This could get hairy. Take your bows, Max. Max gracefully bent his front legs and lowered himself. When the girls erupted with applause, Michael could have sworn that Max went up, he ordered. Using voice and hand signals, Michael took Max through his routine. The big horse reared, pulled the air, let out a high whining. He braced, sidestepped, danced, circled. When Michael swung up onto his bare back, he repeated the routine with variations. Now here's his we've been walking in the desert for three days without water routine. At the single signal match drooped, his head fell limply, and he plodded along as they as though each step would be his last. Now look out, rattlesnake. Max sleeped back, punched up, coward. God almighty, the posse shot my horse right out from under me. That horse, Max, for his final finale, Max wheeled. Cantered to the left and dropped to the ground. Michael tumbled off the road. As he got to his feet, he caught sight of Laura, racing his skinny little heels across the yard. Oh, God, are you all right? How did it happen? Oh, your horse. Though he started to speak, Michael found himself to a bald and watching that nifty length of bare leg as she vaulted the fence in her neat little lady suit. Max lay dead, hardly flickering an eye when Laura knelt at his head. Poor thing, poor thing, it's this leg. Who's your vet at the side of the house? Horse line with his big head nestled in the lap of Laura's pretty blue skirt. Michael tucked his tongue in his ear. Looks like it's curtains for old Max. No 
say that, Lord Stebeck? He might have just bruised something, but what if it hadn't? She pushed back the hair. Go fruit. Girls, go back to the house now. But Mama, don't argue. She couldn't bear the idea of either of them witnessing what had been done. Laura. <laughs> Michael began. Why are you just standing there? Worry and temper wearing her eyes. Why aren't you doing something? The poor thing is suffering and you're just standing there. Don't you care about your own horse? Yes, ma'am, I do. Max. Cut. On cue. And Dolores astonished me at the big horse rolled again and got to his feet. It was a trick, Mama. Kayla laughed goldenly. The sh shared joke with Michael pulled Laura. Max does. Max does tricks. He's playing dead like a dog does. Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he smart? Yes. Under her racket cloak of dignity, Laura brushed off her skirt. He's certainly talented. Sorry. A wise man who when to smooth the smother grin. Michael rarely chose to be wise. I'd have warned you if I'd seen you coming, then you were off and running. He snatched. Scratch his cheek. Seemed a lot more worried about my horse than about me. I could have broken my neck. The horse was down, Laura said primly. You weren't. But everything faded into admiration as Max. But he said to her, Oh, he is beautiful. Aren't you gorgeous? Aren't you clever? Max has been in lots of movies, Alan Mucliffe. So has Mr. Fury. Oh. Stunts, Michael exclaimed. Took a carrot out of his pouch and did floor. Give him that. He's your slave for life. Who could resist? She offered a treat. She spoke slowly. Didn't I tell you girls not to pester Mr. Fury? Yes, but he said we were. Kayla smiled hopefully up at Michael. Standing on the rail of the fence, she lifted her arms confidently. Because you weren't. He yelled her up better so naturally on his hip that Laura frowned. I like the company, he said to Laura. So do the horses. They get tired of looking at me all day. The kids are welcome to come by any time. If they're in my way, I'll solve them. To Kayla's delight and Laura's monitoring very horror, he plucked Kayla onto Max's white back. It's high. Look how high up I am. I'm trying not to, Laura said, and her head automatically going to the barrel. He's a stun horse, not a saddle pony. Gentle as a lame. Michael shared her, then lifted Allie over the fence and put her behind her sister. He'll carry the three of you if you want. He's also strong as a bull. No, oh, thank you. Her shudder as she looked into Max's eyes. They were deep gentle. I'm not exactly dressed for it. So notice. You look good, Miss Templeton. And you look damn good. Climbing over the fence. She looked back into Michael's eyes. Gentle. No, indeed, she thought. Just as compelling. I imagine I made quite a picture. You don't know the half of the sugar. Step up. Okay, girls. Party's over. You need to wash up for dinner. Allie started to complain. Stopped herself. She didn't want to risk being told she couldn't come back. Can Mr. Fury come to dinner? Ah! Discomfort of manners. Manners always what? Of course, Michael. You're welcome to come. And if he'd ever received a cooler and less enthusiastic invitation, he couldn't remember. Thanks. But I have plans. I'm heading over to Josh's to meet his son. Well, then, she reached up, lifting Kayla, then Allie to the ground. We'll get out of your way. There were a couple of things I wanted to run by you, if you've got a minute. Of course. Her feet were killing her... Uh, all she wanted was to take off those damn heels and sit down, girls. Tell Annie I'll be here shortly. Thank you, Mr. Fury, her mother's daughter, to the core alley offered a hand. You're welcome. Thanks, Mr. Fury, for showing us the horses and the tricks and everything. I want to tell Annie. Kayla started to race off and stopped at the Miss Fury? Yes, ma'am. She giggled at the end of the sober. Can you teach dogs, too? If you had a puppy or somebody did, could you teach him tricks like Max? I expect I could if he was a good dog. She smiled again wistfully, then hurried away behind her sister. 
She wants a dog. Lord, I didn't know. She never said. She asked years ago, but Peter... Damn it! <laughs> I should have realized it. Drink Michael watched her rare emotions play over her face in the war. Where is was going? You always beat yourself up this way. I should have known. She's my child. I should have known she wanted a puppy. So they tell she dragged her hands through her hair. <laughs> so get her one. Richard said, I will. I'm sorry. Shaking off the gills, she looked back at my What did you need? Oh, I need a lot of things. Casually draped an arm around Max's neck. A hot meal, a fast car, the love of a good woman. But what we both need is a couple of mousers. Excuse me? You need some barn cats, Laura. You got rodents. Oh, God. She shattered once, blew out of breath. I should have realized that, too. We used to keep some when we had horses, but Peter... She broke off, shut her eyes. No, she was not traveling down that road again. I'll be making a trip to the pound, it seems. I'll get a couple of cats. You're gonna... You're gonna get your kid a dog from the pound. And why not? No reason. He let Max finish. Figured you for the purebred type, that's all. That's the way some people are about horses. They want Arabians. Thoroughbreds, I've got me one of the prettiest fillies you could want in that stable. She's smart as a whip and quick as a snake. She's what you call a mongrel, though. Always like mongrels myself. I prefer character above lineage. Good for you. In an absent mind of movement, he bent down, plucked the struggled buttercup out of its patch of grass, and it her. I'd say you've got both in those girls of yours. They're beauties, heartbreakers. The little one's already wrapped her fish around mine, and she knows it. You surprised me. She stared down at the sunny yellow flower in her hand, baffled. Despite fatigue and aching feet, she followed him into the same. You don't strike me as a man who'd taken the children. Little girls. Mongrels are full of surprises. I didn't mean I know you didn't. He settled Max in his stall, watched the, the little one's got your eyes. Smoking storms. Allie's got your mouth. Soft and wanting to be stubborn. He grinned then. You breed good, Laura. I suppose I should thank you. Though no one's ever put it quite that way before. And I appreciate your entertaining them, but I don't want you to feel obligated. I don't. I said I liked them. I meant it. Besides, they owe me for the show. Me and Max don't work for free. I could use some help around here. Help mucking out hauling hay, unless you've got a problem with your prodigy shoveling manure. She shoved plenty herself in the day. No, it'll be good for them. Automatically, she lifted a hand to strike Max's nose. You worked a minor miracle here. She noted, glancing down the spotless building. I've got a strong back and plenty of ambition. For? Making something out of this. Saddle horses, trick ponies, jumpers. I've got a way with them. If Max is an example, I'd say you've got a major way with him. Were you really a mercenary? <laughs> Among other things, including the troublemaking hoodlum Miss Sullivan claims I am. Oh, she rolled her eyes as Max cleared her throat. I expect Annie's remembering the boy who gave Josh his first cigarette. One of my lesser crimes. I quit six months ago myself. Easier than worrying about setting a fire to the hay. Or dying of lung cancer. You gotta die of something. She turned just as he reached up to slip the bridle off Max. Their bodies bumped as much out of curiosity as he steadied her. He took her arms, soft, fragile as he imagined. Now she shifted just a little, the gentle swell of her breast pressed against him. Her eyes had whipped to his at first contact. They stayed there as her heart hammer. Always wondered what kind of handful you'd be. <laughs> he smiled, let his hands run up and down those pretty arms. Never had the opportunity to find out before. Of course, you were too young for me back then. Got up close enough now. 
Excuse me? That was her voice, calm and cool. She was able to manage that, though everything inside her was hot and You're not in my You're not in my way. Easily he lifted a hand to toy with a curl that flirted with her cheek. Then you're in mine. She didn't know how to handle men. Had never had to really, but she was smart enough to know that now she needed a crash course. I'm not interested in flirtations. Me either. She borrowed a page from Margo's book, made her eyes bored. Michael, I'm sh sure scores of women would be flattered. If I had the time, I might be flattered myself, but I don't have the time. My children are waiting to have their dinner. You've got that down, he acknowledged. Lady of the manor, you were born for it. He stepped back. If you find yourself with time on your hands, you'll know where to find me. Give my best to Josh and Margot, she said as she set out on the watery lakes without. Sure, hey, sugar. Bristle it over, a little with the terms of the back. The mousers don't come bringing me some fury little kittens. I want big, hungry tongs. I'll see what I can do. I'm sure you will. He murmured as she walked away. Christ, what a package. He said to Max, amused at himself. Michael rubbed the heel of his hand against his heart. It had yet to settle down for him. She's the type that makes a man feel like a big hungry Tom and clumsy with it. Shaking his head, Michael headed upstairs to wash off the stable dirt. So, Margot's a mommy. Michael grinned at his hostess, who failed to look the least bit maternal in a peach tone jumpsuit that clung glamorously to every curb. I'm a great mommy. She gets both his cheeks European fashion. I love being a mommy. Drawn back, she took a long look and wasn't disappointed. What's it been, Michael? Six years, seven. Longer, I was trying to tear up the European circuit, and you were taking the continent by storm. Those were the days, she said lightly, and tucked her arm around arm through his, let him aside. Great place. He wasn't surprised by the elegance of the Californian Spanish, but he was by his cousiness. Kate turned us on to, you remember Kate, pal? Sure. They strolled out of the tower foyer into a spacious room with a blazing fire and twin sofas in deep mash mat room. How's she doing? I heard she's married now. Still a newlywed. You'll like Byron, I think. We'll have to have a party when you're settled. Introduce you around. I'm not much of a partier these days. A small one, then. What can I get you to drink? She glided behind a deeply carved bar. Josh will be right down. He had a meeting run over. Got a beer? I think we can manage that. From the small, cold box under the bar, she chose a bottle. So, it's horses now. It seems to be. You watched her open the bottle, pour beer smoothly into a pleasure on the third finger of her left hand. Diamonds and gold flashed. Her hair was more gold, soft, flowing waves of it. And there were more diamonds at her ears, still. He saw that it was her eyes that shined the brightness. You look good, Margot. Happy. It's nice to see you happy. A little surprise, she leans up. Really? He never seemed to be really quite there. Apparently, you were right. She set the glass on the bar, brought a silver wine siever off a bottle of champagne. But I've gotten there. A wife, a mommy, and a shopkeeper. He lifted his glass and told, We've had to. Who'd have thought it? And doing a marvelous job at all three. They're pouring herself a flute of champagne. She toasted herself and turned. You'll have to come by pretenses, Michael. We're on Cannery Row. I'll come see your shop. You come see my horses. That's a deal. I'm sorry about your house. He shrugged his horse. No big deal. I didn't like it anyway. I was more pissed off about the stables. I barely got them finished when I lost them. Still, it's just wooden nails. I can buy more. It must have been horrible. Seeing a film of mud stives in the aftermath of some. Can't imagine being in the middle of it. You don't want to. 
He still had moments when the image of driving rain, thundering earth, and wicked winds flashed into his mind, and the panic that came with the flash that he wouldn't be quick enough, strong enough, smart enough to save what mattered to him. Anyway, I'm working on the plans for rebuilding. Got a contractor lined up. It's mostly just time and money. I'm sure you'll be comfortable at Simpleton House. I'll tell you to rebuild. It's hard not to be. I met the Lord's kids today. Beautiful kids. The other ones reserve judgment on me. Kayla, she just moves right in. <laughs> They're wonderful girls. Well, it's not a terrific job there. She hasn't changed much. More than you might think. The divorce was hard on her. Terribly hard. But she's got that strong Simpleton core. Never met Peter Ridgeway, did you? Nope. Trust me, Margaret said to Jack Demon. He's a bastard. Sugar, you hate him. I'll hate him too. Laughing, <laughs> she took his hand. It's good to have you back, Michael. Moving in on my wife already, Fury. Josh came in. Now I had baby on his head. My kid and I'll fight you for her. I think he can take me. Curious, Michael set his beer aside, walked over, studied JT. The baby studied him right back, then reached out and grabbed a handful of Michael's hair. Come here, slugger. Even as Margo opened her mouth, dozens of maternal warnings on her tongue, Michael nipped JT neatly out of Josh's arms and settled one on his own hip. The natural move made Margo's eyes blink in surprise, and there was speculation. Joined the stranger, JT gurgled. Great job, Harvard. Michael gave JT a quick nose. Congratulations. Thanks, Josh grinned at his wife. I had a little help. End of chapter four.